Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. Faraz here. Now, this is going to be a solo podcast. Okay, we're trying to wrap up this 2023 NFL draft. We went over round one with Steve Rippey from Fantasy Guys, of course. We went over what we thought about round one. Now, took a little hiatus for about a week, and we didn't go over round two, round three. We didn't go over day three at all, but that's what we're going to do in this podcast. We're going to talk landing spots. I'm going to pretty much go over every single day two guy in this podcast. We're going to get through it all, all right? That's part of the reason why it's going to be a solo podcast because I want to make sure that we hit on everybody so you have a pretty good you know, idea of what I think about these guys uh, going into the league. So this is going to be a uh, ridiculously filled, information-filled podcast <laughs> for you guys. All right. Uh, now, before I get into it, I did want to let you guys know that our rookie draft kit post-draft has been completed. Version 2 is up right now at shop.upperhandfantasy.com. However, it might be a better deal to get it over on, on our Patreon, patreon.com slash upperhandfantasy, because not only do you get the rookie draft kit, the updated version, the post-draft version with a landing spot analysis, a more detailed landing spot analysis than what we're going to go over in this podcast, but we're also, uh, we have updated rankings updated ADPs. We have a bunch of a bunch of updates uh, in this new version of the draft kit. If you already got it, you should have already received version two, but if you didn't get a chance to check out version one, version two is where it's at. It has everything. It has everything you need for your rookie draft. It has everything you need for the 2023 season and just kind of understanding who these rookies are and what did they bring to their respective teams now that we know where they landed and what the draft capital is right? So uh, go check that out. That would mean the world to me. Uh, the links will be in the description of the podcast. So go check that out. Um, let's get into it, guys. Let's get into it. Now, there were a few guys that I thought might end up going, you know, in day one, you know, on day one, in round one. Uh, but you know, that's okay. That's okay. We have a few guys that, you know, I'm really, really excited for a few guys that went in day two that I wasn't even expecting them to go in day two. So move them up in the rankings. Okay. Um, but again, day one, round one, we already went over it in the previous episode. So go check that out if you haven't already. Um, but let's go ahead and get started. Okay. Day two draft overview. 
Let's do it. Going to start with Will Levis to Tennessee with the second pick of the second round. All right. Levis, you know, he fell to the second round. That's not great, but the landing spot's solid. He gets to sit behind Tannehill, and it might might not even be for that long. Right? You have to remember that last year Tannehill was benched early. And, you know, then they found out they found out that Malik Willis wasn't really capable of much. You know, it's a different story, you know, but I think Levis has a much safer floor as a quarterback than Malik Willis. I don't think there's any question about that. You know, he can make all the throws that you need. The primary concern is going to be his decision-making, right? The other concern is that he has no weapons outside of Traylon Burks and Chigo Conquo. And by the way, Traylon Burks, year one, you know, a little questionable, okay? Uh, But I will say that Will Levis, he now becomes a solid value pick at the back of the first round of Superflex rookie drafts, okay? He should be taken around that 10th pick once all, like, the first round wide receivers are off the board, okay? He's not the perfect prospect, but he has upside with that arm, with that mobility. He shouldn't be forgotten. Hendon Hooker went to Detroit with the fifth pick of the third round. Uh, Not a good landing spot for him, you know? Some talk about a Jared Goff extension, which I would do if I was Detroit, especially with that roster that they have right now. Hooker's going to be 26 next season. This is going to be a redshirt year for him. You know, I, you know, I, I don't know why the hell a team, you know, like this with all of the holes that they have. I mean, I'm sorry, with all these holes already filled, like why why go Hooker when they have a perfectly capable quarterback in Goff? No idea. Uh, Stetson Bennett. You know, went to the Rams in the fourth round. Wasn't expecting that. You know, but you have to, you know, he's an undersized quarterback. If you're worried about, you know, Bryce Young being undersized, that's in Bennett, you know, even worse, to be honest. But fourth round pick, you know, I was expecting him to go day three. But, you know, now you he's with Sean McVay now. Now you have to kind of pay attention, right? Matt Stafford, you know, not the epitome of health. He, has, he had back issues. There were some, you know, career-threatening concerns around those injuries. So something to keep, keep, keep an eye on, right? Remember, you know, he won a natty, right? National championship winner. Something to keep in mind, okay? Even though fourth-round quarterbacks are not guys you typically want to bet on. Let's move on to running backs. Oh, man. Zach Charbonnet. All right. The only running back to be taken in the second round. 21st pick of the second. Third running back off the board. This landing spot absolutely sucks. It sucks for Charbonnet, who could have landed in a situation where he was the guy. And this is definitely not that. It also sucks big time for Kenneth Walker. We have two second round running backs who are both good, who will be eating into each other's workload. I can see a 50-50 split. Uh, in the run game with Walker getting the benefit of doubt early in the year, unless Charbonnet absolutely destroys him in camp, which I don't necessarily see happening. Uh, but another back I'm looking at here, seventh rounder, Georgia running back Kenny McIntosh. Like, I don't usually put too much stock in a seventh rounder, but the dude was one of the best pass-catching running backs in all of football, college football over the last two seasons. You know, not just someone who caught a ton of balls, uh, you know, like Charbonnet did, but someone who was extremely efficient. When doing so, first and third in yards per route run among qualifying power five running backs each of the last two seasons. This could be a three-man backfield. Now, I'm still drafting Charbonnet once most of the first and second round rookies are off the board in rookie drafts because of the talent, because of the draft capital. But one thing that I'd be looking at in redraft this season 
is how big of a difference the ADP is going to be, you know, once it really settles between him and Kenneth Walker. Uh, I think there will be enough of a gap there in the ADP where Charbonnet, you know, would be the guy to grab over Walker potentially. I'm just assuming that Walker's price is going to be way higher. And I don't think that is the, I don't think the actual difference between these two guys in terms of touches in the backfield, like how that plays out, I don't think it's going to be, I think that's going to be less wide than how wide their ADP gap is going to be, if that makes sense. Uh, it also, it's also possible that Charbonnet ends up with goal line carries at some point too. Moving on to Kendry Miller, fourth running back off the board. He was the uh, eighth pick in the third round. Miller being the fourth running back off the board, that was awesome for me personally. Like I had him as my RB4 going into the draft, um, probably RB3 at this point, you know, given Charbonnet's situation. He gets the day two draft capital we needed. He goes into a situation where Alvin Kamara is not only in legal trouble, but was pretty inefficient in the run game last year. He was still efficient in the receiving game. Okay, something that we want to take note of. Still top five in yards per route run, still, still doing his thing there. But... You know, among 22 running backs with 200 or more carries last year, Kamara ranked 20th in yards after contact per attempt. His forced missed tackle rate was around guys like Zeke Elliott, Brian Robinson, Jamal Williams. At this point, three Jags, right? He's also turning 28 in July, which is past the apex for NFL running backs. So Miller should be prioritizing rookie drafts. Um, you know, like I said, I'm actually going to be moving him, moving him ahead of Charbonnet. In my dynasty rankings. Tajay Spears got chosen by the Titans in the in the middle of the third round. The landing spot to Tennessee, you know, isn't terrible because, you know, the wheels can fall off Derrick Henry at any point. Like he didn't necessarily show signs of that last year. He had a bounce back in efficiency, but he's already 29 years old. Like he's way over the touch tr- threshold that we like for NFL running backs. And like, listen, I say this every single year. But it looks like Derrick Henry is just that dude, right? Like, I just, I'm just going to keep getting this wrong every single year. Um, now, for Spears, like, this could work out in the short term. And the reason why I say short term, because, you know, Spears' medicals, you know, didn't come back amazing. Apparently, he's missing an ACL in one knee. He did have ACL surgery twice on the same knee. Um, you can't tear one if you don't have one, I guess. But, you know, he did tear it twice. And, you know, he is a versatile back you know, who could get some opportunity if Henry were to go down. As of right now, he's just, I think he's a high value handcuff going into this season. Like, you know, a lot of us might have liked Hassan Haskins, but that was more about, you know, potential like, okay, well, he'll get the touches, but not necessarily excited about what he's going to do with those touches, but volume is volume. In this particular situation, if Tajay Spears gets touches, like, that's awesome. And he's, he might put on a show. Devon Achain, going to Miami at the end of the third round, what a landing spot. What a landing spot for Devon Achain. Like, I'm not sure there was a better one for him. Miami had a big need at the position. Like, you can't tell me that Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson were the answer, right? They can get it done, but not consistently, not for long periods of time. You know, Wilson was going to be 28 in November. Mostert's already 31. Um, You know, at, at, at the running back position, Mostert is a dinosaur. And A-Chain is about to tear shit up in Miami. This offense has so much speed now. And while I don't love undersized running backs for fantasy, I know Mike McDaniel can get the most out of A-Chain. And I'm in on him for fantasy. Okay? If you give A-Chain an open lane on that outside zone run with 4-3-2 speed, like he's out. 
he's actually pretty good after contact for a smaller running back. He's good at forcing missed tackles. Um, he was extremely efficient in the, in the receiving game in 2021, kind of fell off a cliff in 2022. But, you know, he put enough, you know, on the box score and on tape to understand that he can be a problem in Miami on top of the day two draft capital. It's not the best bet when you look at the size comps, but I'm throwing it out, you know, for A-Chain personally, and I'm shooting for the upside. All right, we're looking at Tank Bigsby at the end of the third round by the Jaguars. Like, I like Tank a lot, and, you know, he got the draft capital he needed for not for us not only to buy in, but also to understand that, like, they really wanted someone to compliment Travis Etienne. So I think overall it does suck for both Tank Bigsby. It does suck for Travis Etienne also. Uh, I think Bigsby is good enough to force a timeshare here. And another thing to keep in mind is that, you know, Bigsby is the running back drafted by this regime. Okay, although it's also worth keeping in mind that Etienne won that job last year with this coaching staff, and this coaching staff had him playing in every down role, but you know did not utilize him much in the receiving game. And also talked about adding the adding to the backfield this year. Doug Peterson talked about that early in the year, um, and they used significant draft capital to do that. Third rounder is real, so you know this hurts both Bigsby and Etienne. I I still think Etienne's a very good running back, um, but this is a, a very similar situation like we're seeing in Seattle, just not being talked about enough. All right, so we got Roshan Johnson going to the Bears in the fourth round. Now, he didn't get the day two draft capital that you know we hoped for, but he was taken off the board early on day three in the fourth round to the Bears, a team who we knew could have prioritized the position. You know, it was possible that you know, they left the draft without drafting a running back, maybe one drafting one late. You know, maybe they were cool with Deontay Foreman and Khalil Herbert. You know, Herbert being one of the most efficient running backs last season and you know but he was a day three pick as well so he was never safe uh we knew there was going to be a committee you know potentially with those two guys foreman and herbert um but they do leave the draft with one of the most hyped running backs in roshan and you know someone who i think will easily move to the top of the depth chart or at least close to it you know definitely ahead of foreman at the very least potentially ahead of herbert at some point although i do think they will form those two guys herbert and Roshan Johnson will form a one-two punch. And I think that's probably the best way to go about it if I were the Bears. I'm not sure Deontay Foreman ends up sticking around. Like, he might end up being a camp casualty, you know, getting cut at some point to go ruin another backfield. But I think him and Roshan have, a, you know, an overlapping skill set. You know, one that I think Roshan can potentially be better at. I wouldn't invest a whole lot in Roshan Johnson um, in Dynasty as a day three pick. Don't overdraft him. Like, we just saw Tyler Algier replaced, even though he had an amazing season last year. But Johnson, you know, can definitely have a good year one um, and year two. Uh, the earliest I'd take John Johnson, um, you know, like, in a rookie draft um, is towards the beginning, you know, middle of the second round uh, of rookie drafts. But I do like him to get some opportunity and be somewhat fantasy relevant in year one. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 